Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm not playing the music. I think you should play the music. No, no, you don't should, have to play the music. Should we play the music? It's up to you. Do you want, uh, Fine. No, no. Do you know what? It's jovial music and I'm not in a jovial mood. But I'm going to play... No, we're going to play the music because we're not going to let anyone take us... We're not going to let anyone... Well, we are, haven't we? Because it's all my fun. We're already, right, I'm playing the music. Mm-hmm. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is an emergency Egg Chasers rugby podcast. The podcast about rugby that <laughs> takes the game very, very seriously. Today we do, certainly. Um, I'm Tim with JB. Hello, Tim. In the rugby dungeon. No Phil today. He's very, very busy. Um, sanding stuff. Is that what he's doing? Antique flooring. No, he's working. He's working. He's travelling. He, he's had a long day today, and he's up on a, on an early train. I think tomorrow. So yeah. So no Philip, but here we are. Yes. Um, I've I've got so, I had such a long to do list today, and I got so little of it done because I just got consumed with the RFU changes to the level three and below game for next season. Yeah, so what you and I must be on at least three mutual groups: Egg Chasers, Rugby Draft, Egg, um, Egg Chasers RFC. We're on, we're on a few of them, right? And I don't think I've heard you talk about this yet today on the groups. You've kept your cards very close to your chest. I don't think I've said much because I've been writing away eagerly for the Rugby Pass. So go on, you hit me with exactly what you think so far. Okay, so I've been keeping yeah, I've been keeping my counsel a little bit on it, and I've been trying to be thoughtful and not too reactive and emotional Uh Um, because I don't think that helps necessarily so let's just recap what's actually happened Uh, if in case you haven't seen the rugby football union the English rugby football union have announced that as of next season level three which is national one yeah so (laughs) you could be the 25th best club in the country and be subject to these laws. Yeah, the laws. And you might have to go up to the championship yeah. and then play the normal laws. That'll be fun. Uh, but for every other rugby union player outside of the top two leagues, you are going to be subject to laws. Or, and they're calling it a trial, but to do it in such a blanket fashion feels more than a trial. First. It's not a trial, is it? No, it's, it's not, not a, a trial. trial. This, is a, uh, this is a schism, a, com- a complete departure. Yeah, it's, it's not a trial. This is not a trial. Um, this is every single team outside of the top two divisions playing under a new set of laws, which involves 
legal tackles being waist high or below? Madness. Madness. Now, this isn't the conversation I wanted to have necessarily today, but I've just had a thought. Coldy went up to the championship this year. Imagine if they win their playoff against Sale FC, tackling under these laws, and now they're going to have to face the big boys like Ealing with new tackle regs. How do you do that? There's so many. When you get into the individual examples, like what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? It, 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 there's, there's, so, there's countless of them, but we sh- let's big picture it for a yep. minute. This is being sold as a trial, but this is not a trial. I yeah. think we both agree on that. This is this is fundamental, existential, complete departure, and creates effectively two sports. That's one hundred percent what it does. So I got this today. Um, we got it on our group first through a leaked email, and uh, honestly, I was heartbroken. I was like, "That's it." I couldn't. I had to read it two or three times. Like, no, they can't really be asking us to do this. And then it dawns on you, like, okay, well, what have I got? Like six games left. Done this for twenty years, week in, week out. Got six games left. I'm not playing this new game. It's not something which I want to be involved with. There's a lot of people who have spoke to me directly. They've tweeted me. They've inboxed me. They've WhatsApp me. I'm well over twenty odd people now who are like, yeah, we're just not not playing. I was talking to. Uh, a friend of mine who plays at Aspel Rugby Club, and they were training this evening. And the consensus among their boys is, yeah, it's over for a lot of us. We're too old to ch- change. We don't think we can change our techniques. We're just going to walk away. And besides, we don't want to do it anyway. Nobody wants to do this. They have made a set of solutions for a problem that didn't exist. Right? Outside of a couple of Twitter lunatics, outside of absolute morons like Alison Pollock or Daniel White or that Chris Nowowski, uh you know, loser, who have had this on their agenda for God knows how long. Outside of those absolute morons. No, 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 no. Let's not dip to the pejoratives. Cause... No, 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 no. I'm sorry, right? When it's been the cornerstone of everything you've done for 20 years and they've put pressure on the governing body over and over again and they've destroyed your sport, you can call them whatever you want. So... so yeah. All right. So, so outside of them, I've never met anybody in any local rugby club at any level who said we need investigations into local rugby and we need to start with a solution here and leave the pros alone. I've heard the other way around loads of times. That is a position that I support. Start with the pros, work down. Don't start with us. Can we... Right. Let's... In an exercise of, like, debating... Let's let's try and steel man this. It, let's try and give the most generous um, interpretation of why this is happening, what the benefits might be, why this is a good thing. Okay. How, well, this is not necessarily your opinion, but what? Let's try and steel man it just to be fair. All right, all right. So, right. By the way, I can steel man most things. In fact, that's why I'm so annoying because I can easily flip from one argument to another. I can't really do it with this. Is the answer. So, okay, let's take it this angle. The RFU wants to grow the game. What does growing the game actually entail? Well, you might say it's more participation. You might say it is more eyeballs on TV. You might say it's more money into the game. I think those are all metrics where you can say, yeah, the RFU have grown the game. So potentially, they are taking away an element of the game which they see as risky. 
in order to encourage parents to send their kids to rugby. But of course, the kids won't be playing rugby, they'll be playing some bastardised version, some pale gruel um, of what the sport used to be. But presumably, if they broaden out their player base and have a game which is more attractive to more people, because remember, you know the, the warning signs have been there for a long time. They've constantly been playing with what seems to be very suspicious data around what players want. So I remember a survey that said players are looking for a contact alternative. Like 46% say they want a contact alternative. Now, I don't know if it was like, oh, yeah, a contact alternative for training or whatever it was. They were already sort of softening the ground. So maybe there's a version of rugby out there which isn't touch, it isn't full contact, but say if you're a woman who doesn't want to get a broken nose, which is ex- you know fair, or indeed a man doesn't want to get a broken nose, that's fair, or you don't want to play the full-blooded version, well, here is a soft version, which even you can play. And maybe that's the idea, broaden out the fan base like, like that. Okay, another steel man argument is um, the there is a there is a risk of concussion in rugby uh, or or sorry you're not allowed to call it concussion anymore is it a, a deadly brain injury an instant deadly brain injury the, the, okay so there's a risk of concussion in rugby and this is an attempt to um, increase the safety risk equation in in the right way that that is that is the argument that will be made by the people um, that either support or have made or have introduced this by the way I haven't seen a great deal of support. but No support. I've seen one woman... Not no support, but very I've seen very one little. middle-aged woman in her 50s say, good, and I blocked her. Uh, and that was it, really. Um, so... So that, that's, that's another argument. Um, well, okay, so here's another one. Uh, another, another one is that uh, this, this is a way to create the sort of game that is more enjoyable. Although, I'll come back to that. Is, is is a more enjoyable one to I was going to say watch because this, this is the argument that it's was made not. more offloads and oh don't it makes me sick it makes me sick to my stomach like these technical arguments about why we should change the game so we get more offloads or be more attacking or be more, I don't want that I do not want that nobody wants it well okay and here's another argument which has been put forward by some very prominent um, rugby. Um, figures let's say well not very prominent but mildly prominent rugby figures on, on twitter that it's just a trial give it a go you can always reverse it so that's another steel man what's what's the harm in giving it a go yeah well i know who you're referring to um it's really disappointing okay so i've had many disagreements with many people on twitter um and no yeah, yeah loads <laughs> loads the one thing i didn't think i'd disagree with people on and i don't think i have yet i've really not I've really not butted head with, heads with many of the usual progressive rugby types um, on this because I, I even I think I think that even they are like this is well, Christ you know we're like the dog that caught the car the, what do the, we do with this the usual ones that would be like you would imagine I, I was thinking who are the like people that will be cheering this they even they're quiet they haven't, yeah. they haven't said a word on it the, 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 there's there's either um, the mass response is negative the ones who are the quote-unquote progressive uh, rugby faction on, on twitter which which forms a, a large part of rugby twitter are silent on this 
which um, says to me, absolutely silent. They're, they're, even they're not on on board with it, but they don't want to say that because all the all the wrong type of people in their mind are saying this well, is a bad look, move. When you've spent the majority of your career, like you know, people with a big reach, Aidy McGeady be one. Uh, who would say things no, like... Let's, let's not... Let's, no, no, let's absolutely name them. No. Let's absolutely name them. And i tell you why, Tim. It's because this nascent pressure which has been put on the game through Twitter is the reason it's happened. The RFU are answering basically a Twitter argument. And I, I name him because he's just easy to pick out because I know he says often, the game's gone soft brigade. The game's gone soft brigade. You know, you um, you all take player safety re- you know, in a real trivial manner. And for the longest time we've been saying, yeah, because it's getting progressively softer and eventually they're going to take it away. And they did it in one vote today. Paul Williams, he was the one who said, just give it a go, guys, give it a go. And, you know, I don't think either of those guys, to be fair, would have wanted this. I really don't. Maybe they would have, and they can tell, you know, and they can tell their followers directly. But for Paul Williams to say that, it just shows such careless and reckless abandon for the game. Oh, well, what's, what's the harm? It's just a trial. I'll tell you what the harm is. When people leave the game, they don't come back. So we, as a rugby club, have worked incredibly hard post-COVID to make sure we get our players back. We've got a hell of a club now. We, you know, we are going places because we've got loads of numbers, and that's because we worked hard to get our players back. Not everyone came back, and not every club was a uh, not every club was was able to do that. Look at the home walkovers. Look at the away walkovers. Look at the second teams which are folding. The third the third teams which have disappeared completely. And you look at our neighbours around Manchester, and they're in a sorry state. Whether it be the senior team down the road, who I won't name because I don't want to embarrass them, or what I'd call our sister club in Didsbury, they're not looking good. And the reason is, once you quit, you don't come back. And in COVID, nobody had anything else to do. So they didn't, couldn't fill their time with something else. Well, now we have everything to do. So once we walk away from this game, when I, when I finish this season, I am done. I'm not play, playing this game. I'm not coming back. I'm too old for... What about coaching? Not interested. I don't no. want to co- co- coach that sport. Don't care. Not interested. It's not my sport. The sport that I want to play has been played by by the pros. So, and even if I did come back, that's one guy coaching. And who am I going to coach? I, if I don't want to play it, why on earth would I want to enthuse other lads to play it? May as well coach a netball. I mean, I, I really may as well. So... We're going to lose loads of players, and they're not going to come back like Paul Williams thinks in 12 months' time when they've made, oh, whoops, it's the wrong decision. Or maybe it's two years' time or three years' time, but by then the damage is going to be so vast, you know, we're going to have nothing left. It's going to be an absolute disaster. And the nasty thing about this is, look, we're going to divide you into two. And I'll let you talk more on this, Tim, because it was you that really sort of opened my eyes to this concept and sort of glued it all together with these two different group, group groups of players. But the RFU are effectively saying, if you're good enough, we're interested. You can have a career and we'll pay you. If you're not good enough, the game that you love is now completely off limits to you. Best of luck. Here is this pale, in, pe- here is this pale in, um, impression of rugby. Go and play that. Oh, and by the way, now that we've given you the scraps that we have to offer from rugby... Um, why don't you form an association with England Rugby and spend all of your money watching them and support the team and, you know, wear the rose? No, not a chance. I will never watch England ever again. I am done with 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 the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the pros and they're trying to get the consumers. And they've split us up into two sort of groups. And, you know, I think you pointed this out first. Well, it was... I referred to myself as being a conspiracy theorist. It was a couple of months ago on the podcast, wasn't it, when I said um, 
I worry that what they're trying to do because uh, it was no, it was <clears throat> it was on this very subject when it was first rumored that it might. I think Alex Lowe uh, got the scoop, didn't he? Was it Alex Lowe on that? Or was it on Touch Rugby? I think we started with Touch Rugby. Possibly, uh, possibly actually no, because there was something that that meant it was like level three and below. This was rumored as level three and below. I yeah, maybe previously. it was. Yeah. So when when it was that, as I said, it's curious. They they seem to be wanting to have this ring fence two team two team ring fence league like France, and they they seem to be wanting wanting to carve everything off separately. And it was I said it's my conspiracy theory that they they want to actually create two completely different sports. Yeah. And it's look and the motivation and the question of why we, we can get onto, but it, that's what it appears that they're they're doing. And and I wonder, is that by design? So I, I think it is. I don't. I generally think think it is. I think that the big wigs up at the RFU understand one thing, which is community rugby is difficult and it's hard. You know, if you want to, if you want to run a successful club, you've got to work bloody hard at it. You've got to show up every week. I mean, there are people. There are some volunteers in rugby who are simply amazing, yeah. and it is them that power the whole thing. You know, you talk to uh, the club that I always use as an example on this is someone like Aylesbury and how they handle the, the, their business. It's really, really difficult. And there's hundreds of them. Some are, you know, some are dysfunctional, some are successful, but there's a whole range. And it's really hard work. The RFU want nothing to do with that because the RFU have got the responsibility for the grassroots game and the community game um, and also England. Now, if you are a chief executive of English rugby, it's kind of like asking the commissioner of the NFL to go and pay attention to local high school football. Why would he care? The easiest thing in the world for the RFU is to stay in London, become London-centric, steal your players from the clubs that develop them, and then put on a show for three or four games a year, parade around, parade around Twickenham with your, with your sponsors and your corporates, and pretend that you're doing a great job. Uh, but all that the England team is there to do really is to feed down to the community game. I mean, that's how the whole community game is funded, really, or most of the English league permit is funded by the games at, by the games at, at Twickenham. The OFU should not be running the England team, the professional in, English team, and also the community game, and also have a foot in professional league rugby. The, the conflict of interest is vast, absolutely vast, and it turns out they can't do it anyway. Because they've completely neglected the game. In fact, they've betrayed everyone. Uh, every club, every player, every coach, every local union, every league who is subject to these laws. It's an utter betrayal. Let me just um, jump to, I'm just thinking of the straw mans, the reasons why this will be justified and has been justified. Steel mans. Still st- 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 manning it. Yeah, not straw man. And, um, st- not straw man, sorry, the opposite of straw man. Steel manning, thank you. Um so that they will say, and they have said, and in the RFU statement on this, they've said that this is led by the data that they have from around the world uh, and that was presented to them at their last meeting. They said this is data-based and evidence-based. Trust the science. So without Phil, oh. J- without Phil JB, I thought it was incumbent upon me to do what Phil would do and crunch some numbers. So here, So they don't mention... Did you notice the RFU did not mention the, the trial of this, which they did in the English Championship Cup a few years ago? 
Uh, well, I was I was aware that there was a trial. Um, I actually forgot about it until the second. They, yeah, they didn't mention that trial in the justification for this, which they had a few years ago, which they abandoned early. It was meant to be for the entire English Championship Cup, and the trial was abandoned due to safety concerns. It did not decrease the incidence of concussion. What happened when they moved the tackles to lower heights is that more concussions occurred to the tacklers rather than the tackled player. Um, the one that the RFU do cite in this statement is the the French Federation trial in France at like level seven and below, I think. Yeah. They or, or, or like the the two um the two highest level amateur leagues, I think, is the ones they like with no money in okay. it whatsoever. I think it might be basically level six or level seven. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, the the top two of those amateur leagues did a trial, and what uh, have you seen the sixty three percent reduction banded around today? Nope. I've seen this all over the shop. The quote uh, it it reduced it reduced co- uh, head contact by sixty three percent. Which is which? A lot of people are saying this is the headline is, and actually, when you re- read the study, the actual quote, which in, this is what the RFU say, is the trial in France reduced head-on-head contact by sixty-three percent. Right, that's a bit different. It reduced head-on-head, not head contact, head-on-head contact. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more contact going on with knees and hips and um, and the, and feet. Um, I, I, I would I would fathom because what this is the the fill part. They said, and this is what the bearing. In, you just need to like let this sink in when you realise the RFU are changing the game on an existential basis for thousands of people at all levels outside the top two. In the trial, the suspected or confirmed concussions in two amateur leagues dropped from pre-trial in 2018, 2.71, to post-trial in 2021-22, to 2.24 per 1,000 hours of matches. Now, assuming it's a 14-team league, that that means that every league game that season would add up to 7,280 minutes, which means the drop from 2018 to 2022 was from 19.7 concussions in, in the entire league season across all teams, okay. to 16.3. So it's dropped to that. Yeah, so it's dropped by... Ni- so assuming these numbers, if you then oh. chunk them up... So w- the RFU are basing this on the study from France, which says that the incidence of concussions or suspected concussions dropped over an entire league season for all 14 teams from 19.7 to 16.3. So that's it's only just more... It's only just more than one a team, okay, in the whole season. And they've also not established a causal link. That's just purely a correlation. So it may have been that the weather was different in that league season and that had an impact. It may be that between, funnily enough, between 2018 and 2022, there was a much greater awareness of concussion. So more, yeah, of, them, more, so more of them were spotted. It could have been that as well. And this, these numbers have been used to completely justify such a fundamental change in the game. So... I, I just do not see what the RFU are claiming, that, that this is data-driven and that you the know, data the, the demands this change. I think about it, the more I'm certain that I'm right on this, which won't surprise you that that's how I think, because um, I think of this on, on most subjects. I am certain, I am certain that the key driver of this for the RFU is commercial. 
let's get rid of the risk from the community game. There's no chance of anyone suing us if, if they're not allowed to play, play rugby. Forgetting, of course, that their job is to actually conserve rugby and look after it for future generations. Okay, well, pull that to one side. What else are they doing here? Well, created like an NFL. Yep, yeah, definitely that. Okay, so I've always spoke about the idea of broadening out the player base. And they want consumers and spectators that are not... not but here's the more sinister players. bit, right? And I, this is, there is definitely some truth in this because I was phoning around RFU bods today, um, particularly ones with commercial experience. So when the RFU are pitching to corporates, corporate sponsors, their pitch decks have to look a certain way. And one of the things is they need a woman in there, they need you know, so, you know, various diversity measures in this pitch deck to show the advertisers what's a wonderful sport that we are. The problem is when they break down the demographics, they know exactly what they have, which is clubhouses full of men, um, boisterous men, big men. Um, and also it's a very exclusive environment because not everybody can play rugby. And I've said this on previous podcasts, but they are ashamed of their audience. Uh, they're embarrassed of rugby and, and rugby players because when they're trying to sell their demographic and their audience to sponsors, sponsors don't want to hear it. They want to know that you've got diverse liberal elites, uh, educated women of 24 years old uh, working in, in HR or, or, some, or some such thing as your main audience, and we just don't. So by changing the game fundamentally, by making it more attractive, they're trying to change the demographic of who watches it and who are fans of rugby, who are consumers of rugby, purely so they can sell themselves to brands. And what is really, really upsetting about this whole thing is it used to be the other way around. As a brand, you would go to rugby because you wanted to identify with their values. That's no longer the case. What's happening now is rug- rugby is mimicking the value or values of existing brands and then begging them for corporate cash. It's a very, very different proposition. No, one's, no one in the RFU is standing up and fighting um, for the actual virtues of rugby or why it's special. In fact, they just lie down and they act a little bit ashamed of it all. That that's why it's such a scandal. So on on that front, let and I've we've talked about this on the podcast many times, but I think it's never more pertinent to mention it than right now. In the, I think the disconnect for me with this is exactly as you say. There, there seems to be a denial or a, a disgust almost in why and who rugby existed for and how it came to be it, mm. we've said it many times rugby wasn't a sport that someone invented that then people came along and filled rugby became a thing because it served a purpose and that purpose was to harness and channel competitiveness and aggression of mostly young men yes and that's why the sport exists that's why uh, boxing exists that's why mar- mixed martial arts exists that's not to say other people who don't fit into that group cannot play and all young males do not play rugby because it is not for everyone it's it, not for everyone thank it, you it's not it's just like when you when you watch a nature documentary there will be some uh, stags that rut to try and be the, the the main man or some you know alpha male lions will come and try and have a fight to to take control of the pride and some will some spend their life um, walk in the savannah, quite happy, not taking any part in in that sort of stuff. It, it, this, this is just this is pri- rugby is there because it it fulfills a primal urge in mostly, not exclusively, but mostly 
young men who have levels of aggression and competitiveness which need to be channeled. That's and why. Guess what's not cool at the moment. A hundred percent. There's a. It's it's a. There's a denial of that going on, and and I don't. I don't. I think it goes from denial into disgust. Yeah, there is an element of that. It's, it's sad to say, but there just is. Like the, the whole toxic masculinity thing. Here's a here's a thought I had, right? So I was talking to a well-known rugby personality today because I was phoning everyone that I knew. I was trying to lobby them to get our talking points across <laughs> on their on their platforms. Right? What, what sort of a reaction did you get? Well, the conversation I'm going to refer to now, I will name him later, but it's very, 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 very thoughtful. And I'm happy to name him because like, he's the only guy... Who managed to make me think anything different to what I already thought? But um, he basically said, um, "Yeah, J- JB, if you make rugby, you know, so um, you know, hundred people can play rather than one person c- can play, maybe that's worth it. Maybe we'll just get lo- like loads more players in." And I thought of a story at that point, and I don't, I can't quite get this story to fit in nicely with my narrative, but there is something in it. And that is, I went to play a game as a guest player, just show, 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 showed up um, one day at a rugby club, which I've never played at, at, at before, through a team level, had a, week at, like, a weekend to, to myself, and I wasn't in Manchester, so went down to a local rugby club and played a game. Now, the team we played against had a guy on the wing, and he is literally the smallest guy I have ever seen play rugby. I thought it was someone's like 12-year-old son. So... You know, you obviously don't tackle him. I mean, what do you do? Anyway, it was remarkable that this guy was even playing. After the game, I spoke to the, spoke to the, op- the opposition. It's like, do you don't mind me asking, like, what is a crack with your winger? He goes, yeah, he's, um, he is an international for, like, an under, like, the underweight team. But effectively, what has happened with him is he's got a growth defect and has never developed past a, a certain level, which is why he looks like, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say like a 14-year-old boy and offend him or, or whatnot. Yeah, I've got a 14-year-old know. boy and he's, he's, yeah. he's stacked. No, he, he's not. He joking. doesn't look like yeah. Louis. Right? Yeah. He does not look like, yeah, Louis would be a, consider, a considerable bigger customer than he is. But I thought, you know, what you're doing here by remo- by making the game or removing the risk from the game is you're removing something from him. You're taking away something from him. What was special about that was the fact that, you know, he could have got seriously injured, like really seriously injured. And if you're taking the view that these so-called experts do at the RFU, you're saying, no, you can't play this game. All of your mates can, but you can't play because we don't think it's safe for you and we're going to make that decision. And you're taking away that thing, which must be, I mean, if it's special to me, it must be incredibly special to him mm. because the risk risk that he takes is enormous every, you know, every, every single week. And I think the other thing which is special about that is, you know, I, I, maybe you might see this as disrespectful in some way, but, you know, you temper, you temper your contacts, you temper your hits, you don't go maybe as all out as you, as, as you otherwise could. You know, rugby isn't always necessarily just going, up, you know, absolutely wild. There is some restraint in what we do. Uh, and I just think that's what they're doing. They're, they're robbing people of the thing which they love. Okay, so let, let's talk about the practicalities of this. If, oh, I don't if, want to. This is the one thing I won't. I, I won't talk about. I, I, sorry, I know it's not great for podcasting. No, it's okay. But I feel that as soon as we do this, we are arguing on that on, on, on I, their grounds. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I I think there's been too much minutiae got into in a lot of the arguments, and it's it's principle. It's things like um, I want to play. What, what? Who and why did rugby? 
become a thing. Yeah. And and that's that and um and what effect are you having on that? Uh, I do understand what you're saying, but I, so without going into the specifics, I think and you'll be listening, and I bet you could think you could reel off twenty different unintended consequences or scenarios in a game which make this unbelievably impractical to to enforce, to coach, to uh, just just for just uh, without going into it. There's just. I'm just what I think. What I was thinking about today was not. Oh, I love to go and smash people. It's not fair. I want to, you know that, that wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking of the the the, the 21 stone, 38 year old tight head prop who turns out on a Saturday still for his local club third team. Str- Flexibility's a bit of a struggle for this lad. Can't bend at the waist very much, and he does everything at a relatively slow and very um, and not in remotely a dangerous pace. He's yeah. not. He's not going to inflict concussions on anyone from charging at them and smashing them, and the majority of his tackles will be slow, um, not with great force, and will probably be by grabbing someone uh, with his arms by the shirt and and pulling them to deck, which is not going to be an issue for anyone. That player, see you later. We don't want you anymore. Not interested in you, pal. Off you. Off you yeah. go. Off you trot. So I just think this is where the. If they'd done this, okay, at the Premiership and Championship level, because they said, this is one thing we haven't talked about, which you've mentioned a lot of times. If they went, right, we're going to change the game uh, between level three and below and the top two leagues, and in the top two leagues, we're going to have a waste-only tackle height because we're so concerned about concussions. And these are people which are physically incredible specimens and can do a lot of damage. And these are people who do have the incentive to play through yes. potential injuries and yes. risks because their mortgages depend on it. If they'd done that, I wouldn't have agreed, but I would have thought there was actually more logic in it than what they have done, which is affected loads of people who are... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not, We're not at danger. They're not putting each other in, in, in danger and they're entering into the game on a voluntary basis every single Saturday when they turn out. When they can, There's no consequence of them saying, actually, I can't do it. I, I don't want to take this risk. I'm going to go off horse riding or skydiving <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just walk the streets of London. The 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 logic of it just it doesn't make sense to me why they've d- done this. And again, people, and 
I've just well, seen. Okay, so I know. I, well, so I. Okay, so, so I'm was, curious about this this, this rugby cat, these rugby um, people you spoke to without without naming names. Yeah, the, so the rugby w- luminaries and what I'm, they're saying. I'm going to give you um, an actual steel man, which I think is genuine, and I forgot about this. And so, okay, okay. So I was talking to, and I hope I don't steal his thunder on his own podcast. But I was talking to David Flatman, okay, because I I just want to make sure that people are getting the right messages across. If indeed they want to take my talking points, it's completely completely up to them. But a load of the, a load of the bigger podcasters. Um, haven't really got any exposure to lower level rugby because they've always been, been pros. I don't think they've. Mike, Mike Tyndall still plays level ten. Minchinampton. Well, weirdly, he is the one with the most interesting takes, and he's the one that doesn't really agree. Um, Lewis Ludlow, I've just noticed. Lewis said, Ludlow, yeah. Oh, his... there's going to be a lot of concussions in the um, community level of the game. Then. And how would he know? Well, because his dad was a community coach, of course. Right. So, um, so Dave Lutman says something really, really interesting, and I think it's worth paying note to this which is, how are kids getting exposure to the game? So you know, I was like, Dave, um, the kids are not watching the big hits. You know, it, most, of the pe- most of the people that I play rugby with don't watch rugby themselves. So what he was saying is, well, kids come into sport and they are absolutely clustering each other. And there's a, you know, there's a couple of people that he knows involved, involved with, with kids, kids rugby. And he says that the shots are just getting harder and harder and harder. Really? And you're thinking, mm, okay, why? And he says, because that's what they see at the pros. And I'm like, that that can't that's be... Not that does, right, can't be a thing, right? Can't be a thing because... No, that's bullshit. They're not sitting down... Sorry, I can't say it's bullshit because no, 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 that's no, no, his no. experience. No, no, but wait. There is, a, there is another element to this. And uh, I go, Dave, nobody is watching BT Sport who is 15 but doesn't like play, play, playing rugby. The reason it's not successful is all the fan, fans are playing. He goes, no, no. That's not it. Nobody's watching. Um, they're watching little like uh, TikTok videos or Facebook, um, like Facebook clips. So you've got two types of player: the one that wants to be like Marcus Smith, which no one can do, or the ones that like colliding. Because if you think about it, what on earth are they watching? And I think there's something in that. But that that's not a steel man for changing this, is it? Well, well, if kids are uh, if kids are getting obsessed with absolutely colliding rather than scrummaging or rucking or you know tackling or jackling or the, because those are not the highlights that they see you know you, you don't scroll through um instagram and say oh nice jackal oh nice scrum you say collision 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 and i think if that is the way that the game is going oh, maybe this... there is an argument for okay. particularly kids to say all right let's slow our roll here let's teach them the nuances of the game because it isn't all about colliding i mean it is a lot this, about colliding. This is a massive. If okay, let's let's steel man it. Fine, that 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 could be a just that could be a reason. But this is. A, it, I mean, it's not the reason to ruin my game. It's not the reason to ruin my afternoon. But it is something worth considering because there are different societal pressures on kids and what they're watching. Equally, I, I've I've my son's played rugby since he was six. He's now under fifteens, and I've coached various years and I've watched him play. And they they do gradually layer up the content. Initially, it was tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and fair. then then they introduced tackling about under eight, under nine. But it's, you get lineouts next year. Um, yeah, proper lineouts. It's just like yeah. uncontested lineouts this year. Um, um, but they, so they just they do layer it up gradually. And I just thought it was an interesting point because that's how yeah. how they are consuming the, the media. And after Marcus Smith's skills, what's next? Collisions all uh, the time. I I sense either. 
I don't know whether people are keeping their counsel because they want to share it on their own podcasts or whatever, but I I get a sense there's a bit of self-preservation going on with some people. I think there are people who definitely don't agree with this who are keeping shtum about or trying to find reason. I'm not I'm not accusing flats yeah. of this, by the way. Um trying to find trying yeah. to find reasons why um it, there could be a good thing because they realize that they've they need to keep their people that they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. Yeah, well, there was one guy, and I will not mention his name. I will not mention his name at all. But the most infuriating conversation that I had all day. Again, never played amateur rugby from what I can tell, so wouldn't really understand you know, what what has been going on. When I explained how I felt about it initially, like they've taken the game away, he literally laughed. He literally laughed at me. I'm thinking, you know, in what other way would this be... Would this be reasonable? And then when he started giving his explanation, like, oh, you know, you're so dramatic um, about this. You've still got this aspect. You've still got that aspect. And you don't understand the context of the conversation. And at this point, I'm like, are you telling me that I need to understand the context of a conversation which ended up with you destroying or being part of a committee of decision makers, which I understand that he was, destroying the entire community game? I don't understand the context. I've got 600 fucking games, pal, right? You don't. You've just sat in that meeting with a bunch of your team, with your team academics and some executives, and you've looked at it from your privileged point of view, which is as a, as a professional and as someone with a seat, seat at the table, and you have destroyed the game for literally hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of people, and you're telling me I don't understand the context. And at this point, it got very heated, and I thought, well, this isn't going to go very well for much longer so we so so we ended it there but i think that's what we're dealing with i think we're dealing with this like cadre of individuals at the top of the game who are being fed bullshit information from well they they probably believe statements like um 63% oh 63% de- decrease but in head on head they don't. but actually it's we know like, they don't if oh, you can do that three extra concussion three extra concussions across a whole league season uh, four years apart which could be due to any number of multi you know, factors but let's let, let's use that as a justification it's like so many of the same like grow the game well what does grow the game mean well if it means absolutely smash the game up at community level no thanks we'll keep it as it is so it, what about the statement which is well if rugby union wants to be the game that it says it says it wants to be who says? Who gave you? Who gave you permission to say that? And these are sort of nonsensical things which are coming out of the RFU and people linked to the RFU. I don't know where they get, get getting this information from, but I can tell you this: there was nobody in that room when they made that decision who thinks like myself and the majority of other amateur rugby players that play up and down the country. There was not a single person in that room who was making that argument. They might say that there is. They might say, "Oh, we've well, got who, this. Was, who was re- representing us as members." Because I, I, like, it's such a fundamental thing, and I didn't hear this through my club. I didn't hear it through mine. I mean, we heard it through a bit from Alex Lowe in fairness to him. That, you know, of the hundred hundred plus members that we have at Talk H, this has never crossed anyone's lips. Like, you know, on our other group, what we've got, we must have guys from what, twelve other clubs. Don't know. I've heard from two referees. No, three referees today. Referees don't want to ref it. You know, I've heard from twenty odd players at least want to quit okay so i'm just going to make another argument here which i've just seen um i'm not going to name them but i've just seen someone who uh, is a a rugby fan but known for other things as well and who name them no no, i'm not gonna name Name them them. no 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 no. which team it's not a team it's it's just a a character an individual a um a character um 
and he's okay. Oh, he's just he's just okay. send me the tweet or you or the, that that. No, name. okay, okay, okay. You know, because I I like the guy. I think he's really funny. But um, how cruden? No, it's, so it's it's Mike Bobbins, and so his latest. Oh, his, no, wait, shush. No, his latest tweet. You know, he's funny. He, he is funny. He's very well, funny. You know, it's very funny. He's a guy. I don't know what Joe Marler has said on it. What's Joe? Look up what Joe Marler said because I'm reading his latest uh, tweet, which says Joe Marler's reaction to the tackle height law could best be described as Joe Marler-esque, and the comments from his followers are exactly what you'd imagine they'd be. Proper games gone soft brigade. They propped for old wank Tonians and love a pint or several real characters. Oh, well done, well done, hero. Um, no, I'd like. No, no, he can fuck off, pal. He can absolutely <laughs> fuck off. If he wants to play these rules, set up your own team, and then go go and play them with another team that want that wants to to play like this. I, I was actually go. I was. What actually... you can't do right is you can't accuse the thousands of people that love this game of being. Oh, the game's gone soft brigade. Old Wanktonians. It's absolute nonsense. So what the guy what... played at a reasonable level at one point. Right, he's got a reasonably successful podcast. He's got a very successful po- po- podcast, but if it's based on the back of mocking the players that play this game week in week out, it's unacceptable. And it's those sort of comments and those sort of characters that push this narrative on Twitter over and over again, which have led us, well, to what we have today. It's exactly that, and he can't be allowed to get away with that. Well, it's absolutely outrageous. Well, what, well, what I was going to say. Well, he can give an opinion, and you know, you can write it off. I, I think that was. Over the top. I don't know what Joe yeah, Marler said. Have you he, seen he what said Joe over Marler the top? Said? But where are we now? We're without a game, effectively. Well, I. You know, if you want to do that with the pros, that, that, do it. it. Well, so basically, he what he said was, and I'm saying, so there are people that are like, yeah, just give it a go, and it's all right, it's good. Um, uh, he said a load of utter belters talking absolute bollocks about the new tackle height law. Fair play. Proper getting their asses in their hand. Rugby changes all the time. Always has. Relax. Just stay in the club and reminisce about the good old days. Before yeah, the let's game do that, shall off. we? No, no. So what I was going to say was, and I was going to, you know, I'm open to the to to the possibility that at my age, I am now one of the dinosaurs, and I'm just. But so that's what I was. I'm willing to entertain the prospect that me and people who think like me, which is this, is too much, too big of a change. I've tolerated others before. This is so like they because they haven't. If they'd gone, oh, we're going to do chest height, nipple height, and below. I might not have. I might have gone. Oh, how long till we get to the waist? But they haven't even. They've missed. They've skipped that out, and they haven't gone. Oh, we're going to trial it in a couple of you know amateur leagues. They've gone everybody outside you know, of the top two. Yeah. So, so I think this is too much. But I'm willing to. You know, I know. I'm just willing to consider that that maybe I'm I'm a dinosaur now, and. Maybe you're not, mate. maybe you you're are not, as well. Is, I don't uh, think I am. I think this... I think we're in. I think we're actually in tune with the vast majority of rugby and uh, and opinions to the contrary on this particular but, you know, subject. At least there aren't. is this fetish of youth, right? And this fetish of change, and it's a very sort of progressive mindset that we must destroy everything. And once we, you know, and anything which which remains in our way, we must then destroy that also. And anything which has been pre- pre- previously destroyed, as soon as that becomes part of the. Um, establishment, well, then that must go to. And you see it all the time. This is like part of the progressive mindset. And it's just wrong. Mike Bubbins uses his podcast and does some good stuff. He sponsors lots and lots. I, I say lots. I think three or four teams. I think using their own pa- patron pa- patron money. It's a fairly worthwhile uh, worthwhile thing. Simultaneously, he's uh, piling on to rugby players who are genuinely upset that their sport has changed 
for the worse. They know they're going to not see a lot of their mates when they finally drift away from from the game and he's celebrating it he's celebrating it to get laughs and likes and to rub it into Joe Marler no, he I genu- think he's vile he, he he's ge- disgusting no he genuinely thinks it's a good thing he doesn't the first thing on he the doesn't. subject was well done RFU I well hope, done RFU ho- hopefully Welsh RFU you, for he, what what have they done he's allowed to he, he and anyone is allowed anyone to anyone who understands the game knows it's a disaster no 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 and if he's not involved and the thing is Jay, Jay, if he's not, Jay, no, you, if he's you, not involved you shouldn't the point is you don't need to go down the line of saying people who disagree with me are wrong or no, no, wh- wankers what? or whatever because th- this mate just have a look at, and and Twitter I would argue is ev- is less is more likely to be in favour on it of it than any of those local rugby clubs we we go to every week. If weekend. you're in my club, so, so I'm telling or if you're you, any club up and down the country, and you come to me and you say, look, I think we should change laws. We're going to have a really good discussion, right? If you are a media personality, right, and you're telling me what to do with my weekend, you're going to come up against a very very short probably aggressive barrier because it's unacceptable he's using that platform in order to ruin what we do on weekends and he'll do it by uh, mocking people by degrading people with the games gone soft brigade and that's fundamentally what has led led uh, led to this change I, I led off on this at the start of the podcast with you know people with platforms who do this on a regular basis you know it's not his mates that are leaving the game it's not him that will be quitting at at the end of the season well, also, he doesn't play can I just point one thing and he's out? not the guy who has to get can the guys back just, into the club afterwards just, just have in your mind what he said about Joe Marler and anyone that follows Joe Marler all Joe Marler did was quote tweet the RFU statement with a mind blown emoji that's, that's <laughs> I, I'm not even joking yeah. that is literally all he did there we go he didn't offer an opinion on it, it says more about him than, than it does about Joe, Joe Marler he didn't offer an opinion on it uh, you know, I was assuming he said something a little bit spicy there you go. But but I will. I, I think it's okay for people to think this is a good thing. I think it's okay for people to to disagree with me on this. What what I see if they're in the sport, if they're in the club game, if they're in the amateur game, yes. If they're part of the Twitter uh, arty, not really. Anyone's allowed to have an opinion, mate. Are but, they? Uh, the the people that run our game uh, are the ones I I would focus on. And if they have been swayed by Twitter, um, of course they have. Uh, it's not a real problem. I I think as a factor, I think there's more in what you say that that they're. They're they're thinking they see the dollar signs if it becomes like an NFL type model where it's it's a spectator sport primarily, and and or they don't care they'd rather change the game to be as inclusive as possible so you so you you don't you write off the reasons why rugby existed and came to be and who it has served for 150 years and you go yeah but we don't want aggressive we don't want to channel the aggression and competitive of young men we want all people to come and play not just the the, mo- the you know the more aggressive braver um more risk risk taking uh, generally young men i think that's honestly where it is they want a different type of person as we've been talking yeah. about they don't want who plays and who watches and with that in mind they want they want an nfl type product yeah well look I, I mean, and, and maybe commercially it'll work may and jb we need to be open to the 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 i'm the not opinion open to it that, that this this won't be f- just like we say we always say rugby is not for everyone His I, I think there's an argument that in years to come we might have to we might just have to accept do you know what more many many more people wanted this and and we didn't and we, we and we were the ones that had to go and get our aggression risk-taking enjoyment of physical well, contest that might be that might be true okay we might have a version of rugby in the future which, which looks very, very different. I'll grant you that. I just don't know... I don't know how I fit into it. 
So you know, I'm thinking about uh, even things, things like, like like the podcast. You're saying, "Well, wait around, see how it is." I'm not waiting around. So when this law change happens, I'll stop playing. That is my core driver of all my interest in rugby. Then after that, I do love the Premiership. I like it certainly more than international rugby. I don't want to watch the Six Nations this year. I don't want to support an organisation who doesn't support my game. I don't want to support the World Cup. I don't want to watch it. And this is going to raise some really weird questions for the the podcast because I simply will will not watch that. I will not watch the Six Nations. I will not watch watch the World Cup. Am I going to watch the Premiership? Well, I'd like to think I, I will still like the Premiership. But I think I'll be so driven by bitterness as to what they've done to the game I, I was going to I was going to go to the Six Nations launch and I think I still will a week on Monday and I think I might just have ask ask the players and the coaches just ask them about this just uh, genuinely I'm more interested about in what they think about this but I don't think they'll they'll say I wonder I'd, that's what that's what I've seen I've seen that what gives me heart JB is I'm th- it's one of those the reaction has been such that I'm like this this isn't going to happen. Yeah, but you wonder is that by design? So but but I... but what I would say is the lack of the 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 people that are silent who I would say clearly don't like this but don't want to say they don't like it. Um that there's a lot of them the people that, that there's a lot of people that really matter and can have a massive impact. So fair play Lewis Ludlow for uh, for giving his yeah. opinion, I don't think there's any more I can really say about this. No. I mean, I think I've said everything that I possibly can do. Do you think we're Do you think we're dinosaurs? No, not even remotely. And I know I'm not. I know I'm not because, and I know that you're, you're not. still you're still playing at level six. Yeah, I'm still playing. I know that you're not because you've got a really successful under 14s team. Unless they're telling you that you're dino- that, that that you're a dinosaur, you're not, right? I guarantee that the people that are asking for this. Or not doing the hard, not not doing the hard yards. I mean, they're certainly hanging out with sponsors. They're cer- they certainly know about their you know corporate values. They certainly know that, but they're not doing the hard yards. On that under 15s team, by the way, we so we've struck up a nice little relationship with St Anne's Rugby League side in Oldham. We, we sent a few of our lads, a few of oh, our cool. a few of our lads went went to Oldham to play rugby league in the summer because they just wanted to keep going with the rugby, and then they got on really well with that team. And we've had a few of the rugby league lads come and join our team this year. Brilliant! Uh, I, I can foresee that our very successful Lancashire Cup quarter-final qualifying ten-team unbeaten Broughton Park under 15s could go to shit because they're all going to go. I'm, I'm, I'm rugby gonna, league. I'm going to play league, which Should they, which what, they can I had, do up here. I was thirty rather than thirty-eight. I can play league. I would not play union. Done with it. Well, absolutely I, done with it. I want. I have had. A few people say, "Oh, it's it's worked all right in these French leagues. They've really liked it." And um, this, this, and this is some of the stuff that are, the RFU cited is that oh, some of the fifty-one percent of the players enjoyed the game more. So, kill me now. So, I guess um, we, I guess we need to. Uh, there is an element where I go, you need to see it, but I cannot get past this level three and below blanket schism, which feels like much like and Chris Bentley. Um, put it like this and I think he's absolutely on the money he said this feels as significant and for all the people going just try it we can go back it's yeah we'll fine. just get all give the players it, back give it a go this is a schism uh, equivalent to rugby league splitting from rugby union yeah I think there's, well, okay so there's a, one other thing I'd like to say about that so at Talk H we are not in the RFU leagues 
we are in a well we are but our league is administered by the a adm something or other right so it's an adm league but it then feeds into level six which is pure rfu and this year the adm has integrated with other rfu teams so the year before that it was just pure adm and the reason the adms were set up I don't like saying this, but effectively it was to screw over the Cumbrians because a lot of teams would not go to Cumbria. I would, no problem with that. I appreciate exactly what... Great clubs, Kirby Lonsdale, Penrith. Great clubs. Great, great clubs. Great rugby. But a lot of Cheshire teams didn't want to do that. And then the more that would pull out of the Cheshire and Lancashire leagues, the less remaining that there were to go up. So you ended up playing... Anyway, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. That, that, that is history. And because of that, I think we've got this like weird opportunity here. Um... To actually say, well, we'll just stay in the ADMs, thanks. And if we need some laws, well, we'll just use the pro laws. And we'll have a 12-team or a 14-team league or two lots of 12 because the ADMs got very, very popular. And we'll just continue can continue to play. I mean, being honest. You're, the, you're, you're, you're in a sort of position where you you could make that a reality. Have you, have well, you thought about getting on the phones to the other head coaches? Funny you mentioned that. So I have spoken to five or six of them uh, t- uh, today and I've not had one negative response. So, you know, I mentioned the club um, earlier on. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So, so far, the the reaction from coaches is very positive. Now, if we were just to play this out um, in a very Machiavellian way, if I was able to convince the powers that be that, yeah, let's just keep, you know, these 12 clubs in this league, or these two lots of 12, these are not major powerhouse clubs in the local area at the moment. But could you imagine the influx of players that you would get from around the Manchester area who want to play real rugby? You would be picking up players left, right and centre. Your clubhouse would be absolutely bursting and every other club in the area would be on the phone to the RFU saying, hang on a minute, we're losing our players here. I mean, they don't want to play your nonsense version and they've all gone to the bloody ADMs. We're either going to join the ADM League or... Well, we're not going to have a team. We're not. We're certainly not playing your version. And I just wonder if that would be the way forward because that's certainly what I'm thinking now. This, if you had to draw an equivalent to football, I was thinking this would be like outside of the football leagues. So from the conference down, you said starting next season, no heading. Yeah, that's 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 a good analogy. Really good analogy. That's basically the equivalent of what of what rugby are saying. Yeah, and can you imagine? If every single team outside of the four leagues, every single team suddenly had to start, and every youth team and every Sunday league team had to suddenly play a different sport to the one that they watch on the TV. Yep, not going to happen. And they go and watch. Not going to happen. And the thing is, because it's two separate games, it's not like we have to invent the laws and we have to have a law committee. We'll just steal the laws from the pro game. I mean, they're openly available. Just get a little booklet. I already know three or four refs who I spoke to were like... Theoretically, would you ref outside of the system? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, there must be other, you know, hurdles. There must be things linked to governing bodies or how do you set up a governing body or insurance. But there's plenty of insurance brokers out there that quite like rugby. I'm I'm wondering if that's going to be so so, so difficult. And if it's risk-based, which, of course, insurance is, what's the risk? Well, well also, if if the ADM was as it currently is with RFU-affiliated clubs, but just between themselves, unless you just imagine any... If between themselves they all said, we're going to play proper rugby, yeah? Then 
what can the RFE do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is sort of the th- this is the thing which my contact who was in the RFU meetings who I don't think. So then you so then you haven't got to worry about um, uh, insurance and stuff. It's only re- referees just have to understand this is this is what we do here. Yeah, basically. Uh, so that's my line of thinking. I, I, yeah, and yeah, who knows? Um, there must be other there must be other hurdles in in my way. But because we've got this unique league structure, I think it's definitely worth a conversation. Say say. What can we do? But those clubs that decided to take that step would absolutely thrive. I mean, can you imagine being stuck at like level six or level seven team, and you've been told to you know tackle by uh, you know below the waist, and all of a sudden the team down the road who are you know the same level as you are like, no, no we're we're going to play full full on rugby. Can I? I, the, the, I mean, Phil would if he were here would talk about the law of unintended consequences and I'm sure he would have come up with some really perceptive thoughts on that just one from my experience of having gone through youth rugby from age 6 to <coughs> now under 15s and with my son Louis is there's a lot of lads at young ages scared to stick their shoulder in and, and hit well there's a lot of lads age 38 who are scared to 100%. stick their shoulder in 100%. I'm happy one of them a hundred percent. So, I, let, so let, let me just go back to watching some of the lads that are now thriving at under fifteen rugby were were scared if, even if just a few years ago to actually put their shoulder in, trust that they can with technique bring a bring a player to ground. So such that when you when you have these young guys who first come into rugby, they're they're scared. To, it takes and particularly if you're saying you have to go low, that's quite a scary thing to do. I, I oh, would yeah, say, yeah. I would I say see. it's actually yeah. Just dive at dive at those big knees that are running up, r- running up at you. Yeah. It's quite a scary thing to do. And when I think, I was, I was, it was just going through my mind now. When I think about the, the those young lads when they were, they used to tackle with, without putting the shoulder in and just by grabbing and holding. And suddenly, it's like you can't do that. You have to straight away as soon as you start tackling, you have to take that big brave step for and stick your head down there on those hips and knees. Yeah, it is a... Yeah. I mean, I don't tackle like that. I've always tackled relatively high. Maybe chest height. It's just how I've done it. Um, oh, I, I like the old ring of steel and the whole head on the head on the back of the arse. Yeah, I mean, lots of people do. Uh, I'm just not very good at it. So that's not... And also, I used to be bigger than, bigger than I am. So I used to be able to whack people. Can't really do that now. And also, it doesn't really work when people are, big, people are bigger than you either. Yeah, so... I, it, I, I've got hope, mate, that this won't happen at all but i don't know what the next steps are because usually you find with with bad news certainly in politics and stuff they'll they'll chuck out an idea in the water yeah like covid we'll lock you up forever which which might have been what alex Lowe did a, a couple of months ago but um the, the idea was leaked to him and it was chucked out just to, uh, but if they didn't read the room then because uh, it was because they're completely disconnected to the community game you know the fire i was thinking about this like and i've said this in other podcasts which is, what would happen to my club if the RFU disappeared? Well, I don't know if anything would. I was talking to exactly the same, uh, same scenario with a friend of mine. At a, you wouldn't have the, as many posters. Yeah, exactly. We'd have less concussion posters. We'd have less posters telling us not to abuse the ref. Is there anything else that they, they, they do? They give us posters. What else do they do uh, for us? Access to Six Nations tickets. Okay, yep. Yeah, never used one of them. I mean, majority of players have never. Have you used? Have you used? No, no. But before? I know some clubs get like allocations, or they get um, a right to purchase some tickets. Yeah, so that is a thing. I mean, it's you know, in my day-to-day rugby playing experience, has that made a difference? Nope. Um, you know, as a 
supportive organisation, once they got rid of the community coaches, they really lost their grip on the game. And I think that might come back to haunt them now because I don't think people are going to com- necessarily all comply with this. Uh, so on that, so I just want to finish with this point, which is this sport belongs to everyone that's ever played it. Yep. Everyone that's currently playing it, and everyone that will playing it. This this is your sport, and if what, this is what disappointed me so much is it's like whoa. How come no one at my club has mentioned this is coming in? We're we're engaging with our local councillor to try and because they're, they're gauging opinion. They want they want our thoughts. Tell us what you think. It's just oh no, we've decided you go and do it. And yeah. so the the final part is this is our game. This game belongs to all of us. And if you don't like it, it doesn't have to happen. And on that front, I I am hopeful that at least I want to see a little bit more justification. When I went through the numbers earlier, the data, the science, does not support what the RFU have announced. And they're, they're claiming in their statement that this is evidence and data-based. The data does not support what Well, it's data-based saying. in terms of what they want to provide their sponsors. It's not data-based in terms of anything which will make a difference to me on a Saturday. Um, the only really... And this will be my last point, really, because I, I think I've said everything I can possibly say on this until I see Phil and maybe he has some other extra bits and pieces. But, you know, feel free to jump in with anything else, Tim. Um, the situation this reminds me of the most is Worcester. This is a weird place to go. Mm. But with Worcester, you had the scenario, didn't you, where Whittingham and Goldring um, saw a bunch of entities, some of which made a lot of money, and one of them which made no money. And yep. they just behaved... Logically, but immorally. And what they decided to do is, if you've got all these assets that make money, we'll strip the rugby out of it, which is the loss-making thing, throw it away, and we'll just keep the rest, and we'll make money. And that, to me, is incredibly logical. Although it's immoral, because what they forgot is they're actually also custodians of the club as well. And they, well, we know what happened to Worcester. The RFU have got this thing, which makes a lot of money, and this other thing which is just really hard work. And all they're trying to do here, just like Goldring, just like Whittingham, is they're trying to separate out the thing which makes a lot of money and gives them a lot of kudos and is easier to manage and get rid of everything else and, and, and underneath. It's equally as logical and it's equally as immoral as, as anything that Goldring and Whittingham did. Well, some will say we're dinosaurs and we're the old news and... Hey, maybe the RFU in all their wisdom will will demonstrate that. And that, you just tell them to fuck off. That isn't. That, that, that's all you do now, right? Uh, not enough people have been told that exact phrase. Uh, Is that what the FU in RFU stands for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just there's so many people um, who are commenting on rugby have nothing to do with the game. If you've got things to do with the game, Sorry. if you're down your club every F- week, FO not FU, but anyway, yeah, doesn't really matter. FU is fine. Um, yeah. If you're a part of a club and you're down your local club every weekend and you think there is something to be done, you have every right to express that. If you're just doing it to sell your book or if you're just doing it to raise a little bit of money for your podcast or if you're doing it for some other reason, I'm not going to hold you with particularly high regard. And worse still, you know, I might be a little bit short with my with my language because I think that's exactly what, exactly what they deserve. If, if you could d- disconnect your mic and drop it, you should disconnect your mic and drop it. Right, thank you very much for uh, <laughs> for listening. Uh, I, I, I don't know about you, JB, but um, I can't wait to hear what Phil thinks. Yep, agreed. 
there will you will you won't get let the boys play for 10 more weeks <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 